The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The text for our meditation this morning is our epistle reading, which was read for you earlier. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this last day of calendar year 2017. As we are reminded that you came in the form of your Son, Jesus, to be our Lord and our Savior, so that we might indeed be saved of our sins, forgiven, set free, so that as we move into a new calendar year, we can be reminded that you go with us as you promise, for you love us dearly. You sent us Jesus to set us free. In his name we pray, amen. Jesus was born to set us free. That is what our text tells us today in our epistle reading. This is the last day. This is our last worship service at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning for calendar year 2017. And so it is a day in which we have opportunities to say goodbye for all those mistakes, all those things that we have done in the past. But it's also the Christmas season. So Merry Christmas. Let's try that one again. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like something you should be saying today, does it? It seems like Christmas is over. But in the church here, Christmas is now. That's why we've been singing some Christmas hymns. And we're going to sing some more Christmas hymns. Because it is the time to celebrate Jesus Christ, the Savior, is born. The wonderful Savior who came to set us free. To set us free from our sins. And all you got to do is think about this past year. If I were to ask you to name off five things that you messed up on last year, would that take you long to think? Even today. How many mistakes have you made already today? But isn't it going to be great when we can go to bed tonight and say, I get a fresh start. I get to start all over again. The things that are done, they're gone. You can't change what you've done. You can't change what you should have done. You can't change what you said. You can't change what you should have said. You can't change what you thought. You can't change what you should have thought. It's done. It's done. And you are free. You're free from all of those things. Because Jesus Christ came to set you free. Jesus Christ was born to set you free. We know he came as a little baby. But we know he grew to be a man. And during his lifetime, he came to live. He came to love. He came to care. But most of all, he came to die. And that's what Simeon sang about. In our gospel reading. Now let your servant depart in peace. You let me see the Messiah. 
He had no clue about what Jesus would ultimately do when he would die on the cross. But you and I live on this side of the resurrection. We know what Jesus did. We know what he had to go through to set us free from our sins. He did it because he loves us. Now, during this Christmas season, there are many people who have all sorts of ideas about what it means to be set free, to be set free from chains, from guilt, from shame. There are many people who live with burdens and sadness and don't live with the sense of desire to show care or concern for anyone but themselves. There's a play that once was started and written by the famous Charles Dickens, and that is A Christmas Carol. Charles Dickens wrote this as a novella, basically a little bit longer than a short story, in London in 1843. Many people will know A Christmas Carol by one of the main characters, Ebenezer Scrooge. He was an old man. He was an unhappy man. He was a miser, and he really didn't care what anybody else thought. He just was concerned about himself. He didn't realize the chains that he was carrying. And so it was that the scene opens on Christmas Eve with Scrooge in his office with his worker, Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit, who had a family. Bob Cratchit, who wanted to bring the Christmas cheer and the Christmas spirit to Scrooge and everyone else. He just wanted to get off a little bit earlier that day so that he would be able to go and celebrate with his family. But Scrooge would have none of that. Scrooge wasn't a happy man. He didn't care about any other people, even though there were people in his life who wanted him to be a happy man, like his nephew who came and invited him to come and celebrate Christmas Eve with him and his family, but he said no. He had nothing in his heart that wanted to give to help anybody who was in need. So when people came around to collect for gifts to charity, to help people who were in need, he said no. He was a miserable man. He was in chains, but he didn't know it. But that night, on Christmas Eve, while he was sleeping in bed, he was visited by the, his old business partner who had died. His name was Marley. It was his ghost. And his ghost was there in chains, Chains because he had been a miserable man as well, but not as miserable as Scrooge. And that was Marley's point. Scrooge, if you don't change your, if you don't change your ways, your chains are going to be so much bigger and longer and more miserable than I'm even bearing. And so Scrooge tried to go to sleep that night. But three more spirits followed. The ghost of Christmas passed to remind him of his life, how many mistakes, how miserable he was because of those mistakes, the Christmas present and the Christmas yet to come. Probably one of the more familiar scenes is the ghost of Christmas present 
who brought him to the Cratchit's home. And there Scrooge watched through the window and he saw Bob Cratchit with his son, Tiny Tim, who was ill, but so very kind and very happy. The final ghost is the ghost of Christmas yet to come, who terrifies Scrooge with the vision of his death, all alone. At the end of the play, Scrooge is relieved to discover there is still time for him to change. He's transformed into a generous and a kind-hearted human being. And as a result of this unbelievable transformation Scrooge undergoes, A Christmas Carol is known by many as a moral tale about the spirit of giving and being kind to one another. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Christmas is all about the spirit of giving and about being kind to one another. That's what it's all about, isn't it, folks? Isn't that what you hear today? Isn't that what our society teaches? Isn't that what's important in our world is to give? To go and buy all of those Christmas presents so that you can give them to other people. Isn't it important to be kind to other people and let them know that you are a nice person too? And that if we can just all get along in this world, our life would be so much better. It's the message that we hear. And it would be a very nice thing if our world would be like that, wouldn't it? It would be nice if we could be giving. It would be nice if we could be caring. It would be rather nice. But there's a problem. That problem is it doesn't last. The problem is that each and every one of us who lives has within us the Scrooge the sinful nature that wants to care for ourselves rather than to care for anyone else. But the law is here to convict. The law is here to judge. The law is here to make us feel guilty. The law is here to make us change, just as Scrooge was told to change. Be kind, be more loving, so those chains and that guilt and the shame will be gone. The people that Paul wrote to in Galatia, some of them in that church believed that's what the law is all about. The law is here to convict. The law is here to make you to change. And wouldn't that be good if people could be convicted so they would change and be kinder and be more generous and be more loving. But is that what Paul taught? Is that what Jesus taught? Is that what God's word tells us? And the answer is no. 
No. You see, God gave a promise to Adam and Eve back in the garden. Do you remember what the promise was? It wasn't that they would do better. That would be that they would be kinder and more generous and loving to one another. No, the promise was that God would send the seed of the woman who would crush Satan's head. Because neither Adam nor Eve, nor Abraham, nor Moses, nor Simeon, nor Joseph, or Mary, or David, or you, or me, can be set free from the, by the law. You see, the law, Paul says, was given 400-some years after Abraham had been given the promise to go, and God would bless him. The law was given on Mount Sinai to Moses. Listen to what Paul wrote. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. If a law had been given, if we could live by the law, if we could live by the Ten Commandments, then we wouldn't need Jesus. But we know the Ten Commandments, we know the whole law is not enough. The law only convicts us of our sins. The law makes us want to change, but it does not set us free. It does not set us free. That which was born of the manger, he is the one who has set us free. Set us free from the chains, the chains of sin, the chains of guilt that want to hamper our hearts and our minds and our lives so much. The chains that the devil and the world that is all around us that wants us to believe that all of the things that are here, material things, and all that is good in our world are so much more important than our relationship with our God who has given us this faith, who has set us free so that we are forgiven when we do make those mistakes so that we live for Jesus and not for ourselves. We live for Jesus because he has set us free. We live for Jesus and we want to share his love with other people so they can be set free, not burdened with the guilt, not burdened with the shame, not burdened with the law that also binds them, but that they might be set free. Our God has done something marvelous for us. And that was what he did for us when we were baptized. Paul says, for as many of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptism is all about what God did for you to set you free, to forgive you, so that you can know each and every day when you mess up, when I mess up, I can say, God, thank you that I can be free from the guilt and the shame from messing up again. 
And we can look at our God who has made us one. Listen to what the rest of Paul writes in the text. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. We are all united together as sisters and brothers in Christ. It does not matter whether we are young or old, rich or poor, black or white. We are all one in Christ when we are baptized into him because he has declared that to be true. And as sisters and brothers in Christ, we are here to love one another, no matter how hard that may be. No matter how hard it may be in our family, when we gather together with relatives and we see things that are done and things that are said that may hurt us, that we want to hold against someone, but which we must forgive because Jesus Christ is the one who has set us free so that we might be forgiven. You see, God has given to us a precious gift, and that is the faith you and I share as sisters and brothers in Christ. It's a gift that we have received. It's part of an inheritance that our Lord has given to us. Paul writes in our text, if you are Christ, then you are heirs according to the promise. Yes, you and I have been promised this inheritance that will neither perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for us. It's an inheritance because the grantor of that inheritance is our God who has called us by faith and promises to be with us each and every day. As we close out calendar year 2017, we are reminded that our God loves us. He loves us dearly. I'd like you to read these words with me. It's verses 2, 3, and 4 of the hymn we sang between the epistle and gospel that God loves me dearly. So if you would read these words with me. I was in slavery... Sin, death, and darkness. God's love was working to make me free. Therefore, I'll say again, God loves me dearly. God loves me dearly, loves even me. He sent forth Jesus, my dear Redeemer. He sent forth Jesus and set me free. Therefore, I'll say again, God loves me dearly. God loves me dearly, loves even me. Jesus, my Savior, himself did offer. Jesus, my Savior, paid all I owed. Therefore, I'll say again, God loves me dearly. God loves me dearly, loves even me. Yes, God loves you. And he promises to be with you in 2018. May he send us forth being loved, that we too may love as he has loved us. Amen.